So by now, you figured out that major thirds only get you so far, right? Because, as we've just mentioned, and you can see on this table, there is no major third, major third, major third stacked up that gives you a quartz type that we know. However, as you can see on this wonderful chart, um, and you'll be able to see, by the way, the website where I pulled that off in the show notes, um, you can make pretty much anything else based on a combination of major thirds, which you've learned in the last episodes, and minor thirds, which is what we're learning right now. Something really exciting is that unlike the major third, which didn't really amount to anything, if you stack up minor thirds, only minor thirds, you actually do get a chord type, and that's the diminished seventh chord. So by the end of this video, if nothing else, you'll be at least able to play any diminished seventh chord on the fly, and hopefully by mixing and matching, which we'll do in a couple of other episodes following this one, you'll be able to do all of the chord types. So guess what? In the previous episode, we've seen that if you divided an octave in three equal parts, you would get major thirds, three major thirds stacked together. We didn't quite phrase it in these terms. We said instead that if you did three major thirds stacked together, one on top of the other, you would get an octave, but essentially this is what it comes down to. It's how, what, what do I get when I divide an octave in three equal parts? The answer is major third. We could ask the same question of many other, you know, number of divisions, and let's say for example four, what would I get if I divide an octave in four equal parts and Yes, we get a minor third, the topic of today. And you'll see that when we actually sound it out, you're getting a diminished seventh chord, essentially, because stacking four minor thirds together um, will get you that sound, right? Or, or technically speaking, stacking three of them. So to memorize this, we'll use the exact same framework as we did for major thirds with four different groups, and we'll learn their combinations, right, the intervals for each of those four groups. This first group is going to be easy to memorize because it's very similar to group three and four back with the major thirds. There's a small mistake here, but basically D, F, E, G, A, C, and it should have been B and D. D, F, E, G, A, C, and BD. Black to black for minor thirds, we have D sharp going to F sharp and A sharp going to C sharp. That's D sharp, F sharp, and A sharp, C sharp. Group three, white to black, we've got C to E flat, D to F sharp, and F to A flat. C to E flat, D to F sharp, or G flat, F to A flat, and the fourth group, black to white, C sharp E, F sharp A, and G sharp B. C sharp E, F sharp A, G sharp B, 
So just like we did for the major thirds, we can do this with the minor thirds too. We can tie together on this circle that has all of the notes in, um, you know, the 12 tones. We can tie down what it would look like if we started, for example, on a C and building up minor thirds, stacking them. So we would go from C to E flat, from E flat to G flat, from G flat to B double flat, which is the enharmonic equivalent of an A, and from A to C. And as you see, we're now back to that octave note. So it took four notes in total to reach back the starting note. What does that look like on a keyboard and what does it sound like? So this is where we're talking about those diminished seventh chords, which are kind of interesting because here you have it as a sort of arpeggiated form, but you could also play it as chords. <laughs> and if you're inverting them, you'll soon find out that you can get that, that uh, same interval, right? The diminished seventh chord is just made up of those minor thirds, no matter what note you're gonna start on, which is kind of interesting.